In today's episode, we're talking about The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. It's a fantastic book that offers valuable insights into behavioral aspects of managing money. And I'm going to be giving you 10 lessons from it. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And I'm so excited to be speaking to you today about one of my favorite books of all time. And that's The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. We had such positive feedback from my sort of my um, review of the book from last term that I thought, okay, I'll do another one today that uh, people people often ask me as a money mindset expert, you know, what books would I recommend apart from my own? Of course, my I always recommend my book, The Laws of Money, um, but I also have read so many of the books which I think are fantastic and I think are worth um, talking about because all of them have such amazing information that we, that needs to be distilled. And because I've read so many of them, I thought, oh, well, I'll tell you the lessons that I've learned. So I put together 10 lessons from the psychology of money today so that you can not only learn the lessons, but also have the practical application for it. Remember, I'm all about practical application. I'm a very, very practical girl. Maybe that's my the lawyer inside of me talking. But I, I need to have a concept and need to know how to apply it. And this is why I will give you the theory and I will give you my version or my my way of applying that 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 theory to your life and make it apply in your life. Okay, so the, the practical application of it. Too. So without further ado, let's get started. Well, lesson number one. And this is this is probably one of the, the best things that comes out from this book is wealth is what you don't see. And I've applied this in my life all the time. And let me explain. So if you look at me, if you speak to me, if you meet me on the road, I've got I've, I do drive a Mercedes, but it's not a new Mercedes. It's, it's, it's a few years old now. And, you know, I live in a nice house now, but it's it's doesn't it's not as, as nice as it could be, if it makes sense. Uh, my clothes are not designer. I don't, you know, have lots of jewellery. So by looking at me, honestly, you can meet me in, in Tesco's or Aldi, one of the supermarkets, and you will not have a clue of the kind of person old wealth I have. And I've been very... Uh, this has been an intentional thought for me because I don't want people to know how wealthy I am. I don't want them to see my wealth. I want them to understand the concepts I teach them, but I don't show my wealth. Does that make sense? So the practical application for this is, you know, you need to focus on building wealth rather than displaying it. And far too many people in my books show their wealth. So I, I see that, and I see this after, and I think this is a concept that I became aware of when I was in my 20s, that people who are truly wealthy didn't go around trading their designer bags or, um, you know, their um, their lavish lifestyle, whatever else. They just lived it, right? They would they would enjoy the niceties of life, but they wouldn't show it to people. It wouldn't be something that they talked about or, or you know, were really flamboyant about. And people who are insecure wish to, you know, show themselves off by, you know, by buying these designer things. So unfortunately, too many people who cannot afford designer stuff are really into it. And I've never really been into designer stuff or, you know, expensive things. I do like nice things. So I like a nice handbag or a nice pair of shoes, but it's not for the name. It's because I do like that particular brand or I like that particular thing, right? 
So you need to avoid a lifestyle of inflation. So you don't want to be you know, spending more than you're making. And this happens far too often in the, for the middle class people. So I know this as lawyers, doctors, and whatever else, and I've been guilty of this too in my, you know, was, that was something related to my limited beliefs rather than actually my need to be flamboyant. But I, I remember having a discussion, this one particular story really stands out in my mind where I was speaking to this doctor and she was um, a GP and her husband was at the time an IT consultant and their combined income was something in the region of 230,000 pounds. So that's about, about $300,000. Yet they were struggling financially because their outgoings were more than the incoming. Can you believe that? So you want to be, you know, you want to build wealth rather than show wealth. And this is going to have a significant impact on your overall life, okay? You need to prioritize long-term financial security over short-term status symbols. Very, very, very important, okay? That's lesson number one. So I spent extra time on it because I really, really have applied this in my life. And I wanted to show that I've, all the lessons I'm applying here, I've actually applied in my life anyway. I've, I was doing this before I read the book, but I really wholeheartedly agree with this part, again, this lesson from the book. Number two, the importance of, of frugality and humility. Again, something else I um, that I really adhere to, right? So you want to embrace frugal lifestyle and remain humble about your financial success, okay? You don't want to be bragging to people about it and talking to people about it. And, and the most successful people I know are very subtle about their success. They don't go around bragging, I'm this and I have made this much money and I'm this, you know, whatever. They try to keep that aspect, you know, really hidden and small because they don't want to talk to people about that. They, they're not, they don't want to show that part of their success, right? Of course, with the success comes financial success, but they don't want to throw that in people's faces. And you want to, you want to be mindful of the money that's, that's coming to you. You want to be spending the right way. Now, I'm, I'm someone who takes a lot of risks. That's one of my shortcomings or my, or you can say it's one of my um, plus, plus or negative points. It can work any either way. But I, I, any money that I have, I rather not spend it on a designer handbag or rather invest it somewhere. So either, of course, I have, you know, the secure investments, but also I'll invest in businesses and I'll invest in other things. And a lot of the times those businesses have gone belly up or things haven't worked out. It's fine. So I haven't got as much to show for it as I would do in terms of financial success. But I've gained the knowledge that came with those this, those short, you know, those um, so-called failures. So when it comes to spending, I I still, I you know, I don't need to, but I still go and buy an Aldi. I, mean, I love Aldi's food. I mean, I just now was having some um, lychees for, with my daughter and she goes, where do you get them from? I said, I bought them from Aldi, right? I still turn up to Aldi and go and get my my weekly fruit from there. I'll, I'll, I'll shop at um, Costco. I'll shop at, you know, you know um, all these, you know, those these frugal stores to, to buy, you know, to get bargains for it. It's not wasting my time because it's just, honestly, from my point of view, it's just easy to relax and just say, okay, go in, buy whatever I need and I, and I get things. But it's also because I don't need to be wasting money, right? So I'm not telling you to go and, you know, take, I'm, I'm not into coupons. So, you know, I'm not saying getting coupons and stuff, but, you know, whatever works for you. But you shouldn't be wasteful of money either, right? Uh, another example is um, another ex big example is uh, my like my my income compared to some people I know is a lot higher. It's a lot higher, but I I don't want to go out be going out to restaurants every day. I don't go out to um, buy takeouts every day. One thing is I'm not healthy, but also importantly, you know, if I if I go to an expensive restaurant, it'll be you know, for a special occasion or something. You know, like for example, for my birthday. We're thinking of going to, I'm not going to give the name of the place, but it's a really, really expensive place. But we, you know, I'm, I thought, why well, not? It's my birthday. We'll go for it. Me, my friends, and uh, my daughter. 
Whereas I know people who whose income is probably a third or a fifth of mine or even less than that. And they go out to expensive restaurants all the time. And I'm and I ask them, how do you, you know, and then they're, they're the ones who complain about, you know, not having enough money. So do you understand what I'm saying? You, you need to, you really need to see the importance of being frugal and being humble in your lifestyle. Okay. Anyway, those, I, I sort of went on and on about those two because I think that I've, I've seen the example of those all around me. All right, lesson number three, it's understanding the power of compounding. Now, this is a doozy. Start investing early and stay invested for the long term. That's the application for it. This is the, the, the main point from this uh, from this lesson. You need to let the power of compounding work for you in your favor by reinvesting the dividends and interest. Too many people get, you know, they take, are so short-sighted when it comes to compounding. They don't let, it, let the compounding magic work for them. And compounding has been named as the eighth wonder of the world and I completely agree with it so if you're not familiar with the compounding then do some research and know how powerful it is and that alone can make you wealthy in the number of years it's not the amount of money you have but it's the amount of money you consistently reinvest invest and consistently invest over a period of time for a long enough time to for you to see the true uh beauty and magic of compounding all right Lesson number four, and I'm doing this quickly now, I'll be here forever, but I could talk about, I could actually make a whole podcast on each of these lessons, but I'm trying to get them in quickly. So lesson number four, okay, the role of luck in financial success, all right? So acknowledge that there's the role of financial success outcomes, both good and bad, okay? Stay humble and avoid overestimating your abilities when things go well and show empathy towards others who may be feeling, who may face challenges or when you are down. Okay. So whenever you are, whenever you are taking any kind of investment or doing anything, you are doing, you are taking some sort of, some form of risk because without risk, there is no investment. There is nothing. And if you're starting a new business, you're taking a risk. If you're taking a new job, you're taking a risk. Whenever you're doing something, there's an element of risk associated with it, right? So you have to acknowledge it. And the bigger the risk, the bigger the rewards. Now, at times your risk that, that when you take those calculated risks, then you have to take calculated risks. And I always advocate learn the pros and cons of everything, you know, do your due diligence and then make calculated risk assessment and then make your decision based on that, okay? No decision is is 100% going to be correct. So you're not going to be correct 100% of the time. So have some humility when it comes to this, okay? Understand that sometimes you're going, you know, sometimes you will do something and you will get lucky. And other times you will do everything correctly and it won't work out for you for whatever reason. Be empathetic and be sympathetic towards yourself when things don't go well and remain humble when things do go well. That's the point of this lesson. Okay, great. All right. Now, risk. uh, Lesson number five is a risk and volatility are not the same. Okay, differentiate between risk, which is permanent loss of capital and volatility, short term market fluctuations. This is key, guys. This is absolutely key. So people who are who invest in the stock stock markets, uh, or even in the recent, um, you know, the recent rise of the crypto markets, too many people really want to invest and we go full out in when the markets are going up and they become really scared and pull money out when markets go down. And that's not the way to behave. Right. So as long as you've done your calculations and you've done your risk assessments, you need to understand there's going to be element of volatility and crypto market because the new market is a new emerging market. 
it has more volatility. You can make more, more gains in it, but you also have greater losses in it on paper. So for those people who bought Bitcoin at, say, for example, the last bull run, it, the highest time, uh, I think highest point was $65,000. So if you bought Bitcoin for $65,000 and just as recent as last, I think, December or November, it traded for as low as $16,000. So you think, oh my God, I've lost so much money. Actually, no, you've only lost that money on paper and you'd only make a loss if you sold your Bitcoin at $16,000. Not necessarily lost the money. So currently, as we speak at the moment, Bitcoin's back up to forty-three dollars or $45,000. So have you lost, even if you bought a sixty-five and you're now trading at forty-five, have you lost the $20,000? No, unless you sell at $20,000. You instead sell today, then you have. If you do not, then you haven't. So that's volatility. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Risk is actually when you lose everything altogether. That's when, you, for example, um, like Luna. Luna was uh, one of the coins we took, and it was risk. Um, we had the risk with it because it was it was a volatile, uh, you know, coin. It was it had all all the factors associated with it. And I was one of the people who did invest a certain amount in Luna, but the Luna collapsed, and it was you can say luck was involved. You can say something else was involved. Either way, we lost out, and a lot of people lost a lot of money with that, right? So that's loss. Whereas there's volatility and there's risks. I hope that makes sense. You know, I can talk about this forever, but you know, if you need me to do a longer podcast episode on this, do let me know and I will do a full episode dedicated to risk and volatility. But I'm going to move on to the next one now. Lesson number six is time is powerful wealth building factor. Now, patience is the key when, come, when it comes to successful investing. Okay, Avoid trying trying to time the market. So if you want to make money uh, on the on the um you know on the stock market uh being with ETFs or with other financial products, time trying to time it, it's gonna be it's really like gambling. So you have to make do your calculations and do you know um cost dollar averages. You need to be investing regularly. That's the whole point. Okay. This is what they they the the point that's um that's being made here. Avoid trying to time the market and focus on long-term horizons. Understand that time can offset any financial mistakes. So, for example, if you are, so for example, the example I just used privately, uh, previously, if you enter the market with Bitcoin, you said, okay, I'm going to go into the the crypto uh, market and I'm going to buy Bitcoin. And you bought it at the top of the market, which is sixty-five thousand dollars at the time. Well, at the moment, you can see you're in twenty thousand loss, right? But give it another five years, and when when Bitcoin, which will eventually get to the 300,000 mark, you would have made a profit, right? That's just using uh, you know crypto, which is very volatile. If you use, for example, the S and P five hundred, that has 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 increased, you know, by ten to twelve percent on average over the last seventy years. So it's that kind of mindset. So you maybe when you enter the market, market crashes or market goes down a little bit and so forth. I know back in two thousand eight when the market crashed. And then it took up steadily so, so beautifully. It, it went up amazingly well, right? So it, don't try to be a master and think that you can do things nobody else has done and time the market perfectly. No one can time it perfectly. You may get lucky sometimes, 
But rather than try and get lucky every single time, why don't I just do things, you know, and have the long-term view in mind and enter the market. And remember that if you have made a mistake, as long as you've done your calculations correctly, as long as you've done your risk assessment correctly on that particular financial product, the timing is not that relevant because eventually it, markets would go up. If the market has that take a downturn, it will come back up. Okay, so that's the point behind it. All right, number seven, adaptability. Adaptability is crucial, absolutely crucial. So be adaptable in your financial strategies. You can't be um, stuck on one particular way. Okay, markets and circumstances change, so your approach should be flexible too. Continuously reassess and adjust your financial plan based on your goals and the economic environment. And, and therefore, and also there's an old saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. So if you are investing in financial markets, don't invest in one company alone. You know, ETFs are a great, great way forward for you to be doing that, um, where there's a bunch of companies and, and you just, you know, invest in them collectively. Um, there's ETFs for S&P 500. You can even get ETFs for, uh, for crypto now, for I think for um, uh, Ethereum and, um, and Bitcoin as well. So there's different ways to for you to invest. Plus, you can also invest in other other commodities like gold and silver, and in property as well. So be adaptable. You know, be you know, be willing to learn and go with the market trends at that moment in time. And I'm not saying that you should be jumping ship all the time, but you should also be diversifying diversifying your portfolio. You should not be focusing on one kind of financial product or financial sector. Just in case there is the you know that sector goes down for short term for a few years or ten years or fifteen years for for a certain period of time and you don't see that many gains. For example, gold has steadily risen for a while, but it hasn't gained as much as SP five hundred has over the last fifteen years. So bear that in mind, right? And there, there's there's talk of of gold just in sky high, right? You know, rocketing and getting to, to the five thousand dollar mark. But yeah, I'm not saying it won't happen, but it hasn't happened in the last 15 years. And there's been talks about it for the last 10, 15 years. And I'm sure it will, but you could have got better results from other investments. That's the point about it, okay? So that's lesson number seven. Lesson number eight, building wealth requires behavioral edge, not a mathematical edge. And this is key, okay? Master your emotions. We are emotional beings. Most humans would make decisions based on emotions and then use logic to justify them. That's what I've seen. It's really, really true. Okay. So mastery emotions and behavior around money. Develop discipline and avoid succumbing to fear or greed. Understand that success in wealth building is more of a behavior uh, uh, issue um, and rather than find complex financial strategies, okay? So how you deal with money is basically based on your emotions rather than the best, you know, best pie charts or or graphs or charts that you're, that you, that you're looking at. Yes, all of those can give us some indication of what to invest in, what to do and how to move forward. But if your emotions are not in control, if your emotions are not in check when you're making these decisions, you will be um, led by them. You'll be led by emotions and you're likely to make more mistakes that way, okay? So I always ad advocate that you should take seek um, professional advice when it comes to investments, and, but you should make the decision yourself. But you can only make a solid decision once your emotions are in check, okay? That's lesson number eight. Lesson number nine, the importance of saving, okay? Save, 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 save consistently and prioritize building an emergency fund. Now, he talks about this quite a lot. I don't like to call it emergency fund. I really am adverse to the idea of an emergency fund, but this is the, the, the book that advocates that you should have an emergency fund. 
right? Having a financial cushion provides peace of mind and protects you from unexpected setbacks. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. I completely agree with that statement. But I, what I want you to understand is rather than call it your um, emergency fund, what let's call it uh, what I think is should be called, which is your couch. So if you have followed me for some time now, you know that I talk about cash flow mastery. And one of the accounts in cash flow master system is, you, you know, the bank account, which is under your name. And you never, ever, 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 ever spend from that account. You never, ever, ever, ever spend from that account because that's your, in essence, would be your emergency account. But we don't want to call it an emergency because guess what? If you call it an emergency account, you will create an emergency and emergency will, will arise and you'll end up spending the money for that particular account. So I don't really want you to do that. This is why I don't want you to call it emergency, call it me account, my account. Just have some money set aside. But I do agree with this idea that you need to have certain money set aside that you never touch. And it becomes, it gives you peace of mind. When it's grown to a certain level, it becomes, it gives you peace of mind, which really relaxes you and, and calms your emotions around money. Okay, that's number nine. Lesson number 10 is define what rich means to you. Far too many people want more and more money and they don't know why. By and, and, and the idea of rich is very different and it's very subjective for most people. A lot of my family members would, if they know, they don't actually know how much money I make. But if they look at my, my portfolio and the kind of things I do, they would probably classify me as rich. But there are plenty of people that I, I, I hang around with and who will not call me rich. They will still call me, you know, who's working um, and who's building herself. So rich is quite subjective and you have to define what rich means to you. Clearly define your financial goals for you and what it means to be rich in your books, okay? This clarity will guide you um, in your financial decisions and will help you focus on truly that matters to you. So if you if rich means to you that you're making at least $10,000 a month, then once you hit that, then you know that's your that's you be, you're rich now. So anything extra will give you whatever additional security you want or whatever additional um, desires you have. But you are now rich. On the other hand, if being rich means that you have to be you have to become a billionaire, then that's that's what being rich means to you, and that's yeah, that's your goal. Neither one of those is right enough. So make, making ten thousand a month as your goal, or making being a billionaire's goal, neither one of them are right or wrong. They're your definitions. They're your desires. It's up to you to decide what's right for you. Who am I or somebody else to judge you and say this is right or that's wrong? It's it's no one to judge, and nothing's right or wrong. It's just how you feel. What you feel is right for you. What you want to work towards. It's simple as that. Okay, does that make sense? So those are the ten lessons from psychology book. Remember. The lessons from the, the psychology of money emphasize the importance of mindful and rational approach when it comes to money, and especially money management. And you need to recognize the importance of human behavior for, you know, for the financial outcomes. Far too many people blame luck, economy, their, their bosses or their business partners or romantic partners or whatever else, someone outside of them uh, you know, for their financial ruins or the financial issues. But I want you to take personal responsibility. And this is what this book teaches you. It's your personal responsibility. And it's your responsibility to make sure the money that you, that you do or don't have is, is your own thing. And the kind of money you have, the kind of money you want to make is all open for you. But you have to decide what it is that you want. Does that make sense? Okay. So apply these lessons with a focus on long-term financial well-being rather than short-term gains. And you will be set Focus on the long game rather than short term. That's the main idea from the book. And learn all these different strategies. So tell me if you enjoy this, um, these le lessons. If you want, if there's a book that you want me to review, do send me through. I do read the emails or leave a comment on one of the podcast um, uh, 
um, you know, shows on Spotify or iTunes or somewhere. Or if you're listening, to, watching this on YouTube, then you know, leave it on the comment below, and uh, I'll make, I'll be sure to make a, a podcast like this and lessons I've learned from that particular book. Most likely, if this book out there on mindset, or especially a money mindset, I probably read it. So just put it down, and I'll do my review and my lessons, my top ten lessons or top five lessons, depending on what it, what kind of book it is, and bring them to you. Well, until the next time, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care. Oh, before I leave you, remember, if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then come and join my free community. And the link for that would be in the show notes as well as in the description section for our YouTube channel. Do check out the free community on school and come inside there and let's chat. Well, until the next time we meet, this is Gold Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.